This is WMNF Tampa. St. Petersburg City Theater presents Mary Popkins, a magical treat this weekend. Step into a world of enchantment as Mary Popkins takes you on an unforgettable journey. Performances are at 7.30 October 6th, 7th, and 8th, with a Sunday matinee at 2 p.m. on October the 8th. Support local community theater. Get more information at spcitytheater.org. That's S-P-C-I-T-Y-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org. Hello and welcome to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5, where every Monday at 11, we bring you a conversation with local experts on sustainable issues. Today, we are talking with Lynn Barber, Florida-friendly landscaping agent, and Julia Palaszczuk, environmental specialist, both with the Hillsborough County Extension. Your hosts today are myself, Kenny Coogan, and Annie Ellis, and working the boards is Mr. Bill Grace, and Irene is taking your calls. If you want to be part of the conversation and keep Irene busy, you can give us a call at 813-239-9663. You can text us at 813-433-0885, or you can send us an email at dj at wmnf.org, and we will read it on air. And we are talking about saving water, friendly Florida landscaping. And uh, before we begin there, we have two special callers who are going to be talking about some events that are coming up. And the first person we'll take is Craig Hugel, all the way from the University of South Florida Botanical Gardens. Hello, Craig. Hey, Craig. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Great, great. And you can hear me better than last It's week. excellent. We were just talking that. about that. Yes. You sound like you're in the studio. Yes. <laughs> Very clear. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I apologize one more time. Uh, and thank you for uh, giving me some time to talk about our plant festival. We're excited to have another one coming up in a week from Saturday, Sunday. Okay. You want to tell us more about so it? So that's uh, October 14th and 15th. That's true. Um, for those of you that have been to our plant festivals in the past, I don't think I need to say much, but I imagine there's lots of folks out there that haven't. Um, our plant festivals are fun. They're frenetic. They're, um, there's uh, Boy, it's just a great day if you love plants and plant-related kinds of things. We'll have about 40 to 50 plant vendors, including Kenny and his carnivorous plants, um, and the we Rare have, Fruit you know, Council will be there. I will be at the Rare we Fruit have Council. The, yes, that's true. And um, we have cactus people and begonia people and orchid people and native plant folks and all kinds of different plants. Pretty much any kind of plant anyone would be interested in from outdoors to indoors. There will be vendors that are specializing in those kinds of plants. We have a really great selection besides what we have in our own plant shop, which is also probably unique to any of the vendors that are here. We'll have food vendors. we got four or five different kinds of food we'll have over the weekend. Um, it's free to members. It's free to kids 12 and under. We've changed that because um, we want more people to come with their families, and it's just a lot of fun. What time does it start? Well, um, we, uh, it will close at 4 o'clock or 3 o'clock, I'm sorry, and um, 
We open to the public at 9, I believe. I think 9 are the members, right? And then 10 is when the, uh, yeah, the regular public can come in? You're absolutely right. I think we let the members in um, around 9.30 at the back gate. So if you're a member, you get in earlier and with a lot less hassle. Yeah. And if you're not a member, and I encourage people to join us, um, you know, there'll be a big line. And that'll be out front, and we'll start opening the gate for that around 10. You'd want to get there a little early to get in line, but there's lots of plants, so no one's going to go home without a plant if you're not first in line. And, you know, one of the things I want to throw out there is if you have a wagon or some one of those collapsible wagons or anything that you, you can have on wheels because you're going to end up filling it. <laughs> well, that's a good point. You know, we try to have some boxes. We do have some golf carts to help ferry people's plants back to their car. But, boy, when you're walking around and uh, picking up plants you didn't intend to buy, but you can't believe someone's selling one, that's what happens to me. It's like, oh, my yeah. God, I didn't know somebody had this plant. And so, um, yeah, having a wagon is great. And if you've got kids with you, probably want to put them in a stroller because it's a long day, even if you're only there for an hour or two, just because there's so many people here. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Craig. Thanks, Craig. And uh, we look forward to seeing you and all those vendors on October 14th and 15th at the USF Botanical Gardens. It's a great and occasion. Next up, we have Victoria from Bricker Creek uh, Preserve. And, you know, we have like a thousand, literally a thousand people moving to Florida a day. That's so crazy. people might say, why do we have all these plant festivals in October and November? And it's because it's, well, it's, it's nice a good time to grow stuff. Well, it is. It's the perfect time to plant. I mean, that's, this is planting season for Florida. This is our gardening time. It's winter. All right. Hello, Victoria. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. And now I did say where you're from, but can you say it again? And then I forgot the name of your actual festival that's happening this Saturday. Yeah, no worries. So I'm Victoria. Um, I'm with the U.S. ISIS Extension in Pinellas County. And so I work over at Brooker Creek Preserve. That's in Tarpon Springs. And we have our Fall Wildflower and Pollinator Festival coming up this Saturday, October 7th, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And uh, what kind of activities are you going to have at the festival yeah, well, a ton. So it's going to be a day of fun for the whole family. Um, we are going to be celebrating native Florida wildflowers and then the native pollinators that support us all. So in, in doing that, we will have themed crafts, make-and-take projects that support pollinators. Um, we will also have a walk-through tent where you can be surrounded by live pollinators. Oh, how fun. Um, that's yeah, that's the favorite, the crowd favorite every year. Um, and so that's our pollinator encounter tent, and it's, and it's always unforgettable. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we'll also have temporary tattoos um, featuring Kate Dolomar, Dolomar Art um, and a native plant sale. That's the biggest one, and that is actually going to be out in the parking lot area starting at 8 a.m. Oh. Um, for those who love native plants. You can come out early and get some local plants from local um, native nurse nurseries, including Ned's Native, um, JP Charisma, Living Roots Eco Design, Wilcox Nursery, and Wet and Green Native Things, as well as Critter Companions by Kenny Coogan. <laughs> <laughs> 
And um, to keep to keep all the festival goers hungry, we will have my cone creamery there serving up coffee and ice cream. And then um, there will also be various organizations answering questions about growing wildflowers, attracting pollinators, and just in general being a good friend to nature. Very good. So, That's Victoria, wonderful. the event is this Saturday from about 9 to 4, but the plant sale might start a little bit earlier. Can you just kind of briefly summarize what Burker Creek Preserve looks like and what type of plants or animals you can see there? Yeah, so Burker Creek Preserve is um, mostly a wetland. So we have the Burker Creek watershed that runs through the majority of the preserve. Um, it is our wildest place in Pinellas County, we like to say. Um, it is over 9,000 acres. And, wow. and it's all protected, and it's beautiful, um, and you'll come in off Keystone Road, if anyone's familiar. Um, it looks very unassuming, the entrance, but it's a lovely drive-in and then a lovely walk-in where we have an education center, um, and we like to educate about the wetland environments, the plants and animal, animals, um, as well as uplands. We have pine flatwoods, which right now are tapes lilies are blooming and they're absolutely beautiful so make sure to come out um go on our our trails and go on a hike and make sure to see some of the wildflowers that are blooming it's excellent a, it's a beautiful hike through there i've been through there it's yeah. really nice if you feel like you're in the woods you don't feel you, you feel like it's a natural place and yeah. that's the best part about nine thousand acres is a lot it is a lot <laughs> yeah. all yeah. right thank you so much victoria we look forward to having lots of people come and visit you on this Saturday. And speaking of plants <laughs> and gardening, go ahead, Miss Annie, right. take it away. All right. So today we're talking with Lynn Barber, Florida Friendly Landscaping, and Julia Palashik, uh, environmental specialist with water with both with, uh, with the extension Hillsborough County. Uh, and I'm going to also just tell you, if you want to be a part of the conversation, again, um, at, at, you can call us at 813-239-9663, text us at 813-433-0885, or send us an email at uh, djwmf.org, and we'll read on the air. But I want to tell you a little bit about these ladies that are sitting, they're live in here in the studio, <laughs> by the way. They're live. Did so, you want- well, I do have to break in for just a moment yes. and clarify that I work for the City of Tampa Water Department. Oh, very good. Although I did work with Lynn at some, that was 2013, enjoyed it, learned so much from her. Oh, I didn't realize but it had now, split off. Starting 2014, I've been with the Water Isn't that Department. that's funny? And I didn't City know of that. Tampa. Anyway, yeah. nine years late. I know. I, I'm a little uh, slow on the uptake. So, uh, Lynn Barber, uh, she's our Florida-friendly landscaping agent, and um, I can't really see right this what I wrote in here. Uh, why don't you tell us about yourself, Lynn? Why don't okay. you tell us about yourself? I'll do that. Yeah. So, um, I'm with the University of Florida IFAS Extension in Hillsborough County. Right. So, our office is in Sefner, and we have about 40, 44 people in the office I have a team of five, um, and they do everything that's Florida-friendly related. We have on-site irrigation evaluations and telephone irrigation evaluations. And so you, tell us where you were. You went at the University of, of uh, Florida? Yes. Uh, I got my master's degree with the University of Florida, 
uh, in environmental horticulture, mm-hmm. and I've been there for 20-plus years. I know. It's amazing that you've been there that long. I know. I, it I, just <laughs> went by like this. It really has, because I think I've known you for that long, yes, actually. darn near, yes. Uh, <laughs> I've been calling over the Extension Service for a long time. And then Julia, uh, Julia, you want to go ahead and just, since we're doing it this way, just go ahead and tell sure. us about yourself a little bit. Well, good morning, everybody. And uh, got my botany degree at USF and went right on to the Environmental Protection of Hillsborough County where I worked in wetlands management and then went to stormwater with the county, uh, did a little bit of work with uh, IFAS out there in Seffner and then very happy now to be with the City of Tampa Water Department with our water conservation team. We've grown to seven and uh, we work diligently every day to help people understand how much water they're using, help them lower the bill, lower their water use. We work one-on-one with our customers. Yeah. We're doing webinars, sending out newsletters, and doing lots of good things. So uh, I'm so thrilled that y'all are here because, I mean, I just love hanging out with y'all anyway. But I wanted to tell people, we talked about that uh, y'all just did the the WaterWise Award for 2023. And that'll be announced later on because it's not quite finished yet. We've just got a little bit more to go. The mayor will announce it uh, very soon. Uh, But I wanted to tell y'all a little bit of story about this. This is how come I know these ladies really well, actually, is because a long time ago, let's see, Tanya Vadovic, who used to be the uh, host here, uh, one of the hosts here, she won the 2019 Pinellas County WaterWise Award. And so I was, she's a friend of mine. I'm like, well, you know, I could do that. I mean, you my yard, that. my yard looks like that, kinda. And she's the former host of the Sustainable Living Show. Exactly. <laughs> Is that well? Didn't I say that? I think she, I did. But anyway, so she uh, she won that, and so then I I registered. I never registered for stuff like that, and I won. I won. We had such a good time. It was we? so much fun. Mm-hmm. We had such a blast. What year? 2020. 2020. Yeah, hard to forget that year. That was the yep. COVID year, right? Uh, but that. that that was the Hillsborough County Waterwise Award, and it was so fun, and, it, and I was so honored that they did it. And they gave me a beautiful mosaic stepping stone. It was gorgeous. Everybody gets one. It's the so winners. they're so pretty too. Now the girl that y'all have hired to do the Heather, I think, is doing them now. She did a beautiful job. She told me, "Oh, I, I did that on Facebook." She saw it, and then y'all gave me a flag to commemorate it. And then also y'all did a wonderful video. Really great video, and y'all can actually see that. Um, uh, you can look it up. Uh, just Annie Ellis, A N N I, no E Ellis, and then Waterwise Award 2020, and it'll come right up. You can see the whole thing, and it's really they did a great, great job. So, it's how it. do you win the Waterwise Award? Yeah, what is that? Well, it's uh, sponsored by Tampa Bay Water, who is a water uh, provider for Pasco, Pinellas, and Hillsborough County. And uh, members uh, from each one of those governments participate in monthly meetings. Uh, Amelia Brown is the person that's in charge, the demand manager. And uh, every year they create a new beautiful stepping stone with the year on it. And it's, it's absolutely fabulous. People nominate themselves and we set up appointments. And Julia and I and our friend Gerard from the Water Department in Hillsborough County go out, evaluate the landscapes. Um, then we and get we together. check your water use too. Oh, you yes, really yes. do have to be water wise. Oh, yeah. yes. We run those numbers, and uh, and we have four great candidates this year in the city of Tampa. And you can see little videos of their yards. Yes, that's on what Facebook you're saying right now. So, how do you get to that Facebook page? Uh, you can go to Tampa.gov 
and uh, find the city's Facebook page there. Or, now, you, or you can go to just Facebook and then uh, punch in, uh, look, do a search for the city of Tampa. Yes. Right? Okay. Because we were trying to do it earlier to see how we could manage it the easiest. And I, I think that's the only way I would be able to ever find it myself. But I wanted to find out about, you know, like, why is that something that you do? And then when was it started, too? I wanted to know about that. Well, it started and why? more yeah. than 20 years ago by mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Water. The city of Tampa, along with the regional counties, were all members of that regional water supplier. And the whole point is always to bring attention to the fragility of our water resources, even though we have such a lush water environment all around us, to turn that into drinking water for our our growing population, we need to be aware that it is a limited supply. We just can't continue to take as much as we want uh, without being mindful. So the WaterWise Award just brings attention to these beautiful gardens that we have in our communities. And uh, so, for example, when we looked at the water use for this year's group, I find that looking at how many square feet of lawn and landscape will actually Coincidentally, none of them have lawn. Right. Um, but when we look at the, and some of them are quite large areas, less than a gallon and a half per square foot per month is what they're using on their yards. That is so sustainable and efficient. And their yards are beautiful. You walk in those yards, you don't think this is a yard that's not getting water. Right, because they're, they're putting the right plant at the right place at the right time. Would you say, Lynn? That's yeah. number one, yeah, right? That's Is number it? one. That's yeah, right plant, right place. That's the first of the nine Florida-friendly landscapes. Well, that was principles. one of the questions. It's well, like there what, you go. what are the nine uh, questions of the Florida-friendly? Okay, landscape? well, there are nine, and right plant, right place is the most important. Uh, watering efficiently is very important. So um, I have neighbors that their sprinkler goes off every Sunday morning at six a.m. Well, Sunday isn't a day that we can water, and it can rain the night before, but if they don't have a rain shutoff device, which would stop the system from operating, it will operate. So even if it's a well, it's still wasting water. Why? You're not paying for that water. You paid to have the well put in, but it still isn't the right thing to do. It's our water in the ground. Correct. Uh, managing pests responsibly is another. Recycling. Mulch. I love to mulch. I know you love to mulch, I too. I sure yeah. do. Oh, my gosh. I got all kinds of mulch. Pine straw, leaves. Mm-hmm. I take leaves that people mm-hmm. throw away right in my garden. Yeah. That's one thing I, I always like to warn people about, though, with that, when you're looking for the leaves that people bag up when all the oak leaves are being raked, is make sure their yard isn't that pristine. Because if it is, they're going to be spraying, and you're going to be pulling up a spray with it. Correct. But anyway, go ahead. All right, so attracting wildlife, that's another one of my favorites because Mm. I love to see butterflies and bees and you name it. I've got two families of armadillos in my backyard. (laughs) I'm not really thrilled about it, but I'm not doing anything about it. So it's just so fun. And um, I have two bird feeders and a bunch of suet cakes and it, I just love looking out my windows and, and doors and just seeing the wildlife. Yep. It's just heaven. They need Let's a spot, see. too. Yeah, uh, they do. Protecting the waterfront is very important, too, and uh, fertilizing appropriately. I'm not sure if I said prevent stormwater runoff or not, but that's another one. So mm-hmm. those are the nine principles, and that's really uh, what we teach and practice. And 
We have a beautiful garden in the courtyard of our office in Sefner, and it's open Monday through Friday when our office is open from 8 to 5, and it's open uh, if we have special events or when we do workshops. Well, that's another thing uh, I wanted to ask. I mean, Kitty, do you want to, do you have something to say? Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> I wanted to find out about the, the, the actual place that y'all are. Go ahead. Okay. So, you know, I didn't, was really surprised the other day. We had somebody ask, what is an extension office? And I was like, what? So I think there are a lot of people out there that don't know what an extension office is and what its function is. Okay. So there's an extension office in each of the 67 counties in Florida. So way back when, 109 years ago. It's crazy, uh, 109. And this, yeah, seriously, in 1914, cooperative extension offices were established. But even before that, in 1862, they established land-grant colleges. So the University of Florida is the land-grant college in this state. But every state has a land-grant college. So that was... 1862. That's, That's pretty cool. And the philosophy at that point in time, way back then, was help people help themselves and taking the university to the people. And it's still the same philosophy. However, way back then, the cool thing, and I have old, old black and white pictures of this, uh, extension agents would go out into cornfields and get neighboring farmers together and teach them what they should be doing and how to plant the corn and grow the corn and fertilize it and all of that. And then after that, they started this mobile uh, movable school is what they call it, but there's this really old, huge like truck that doesn't even have doors on it, and they would go around and help educate people. That's fantastic. And after that, they got on the train. So they had they called them demonstration trains, but the demonstration wasn't like a bad thing, like sometimes. Oh yeah, think. like protesting. Right. <laughs> it was a good thing that they're demonstrating environmentally friendly practices so that people could do the right thing in their landscape or their farm. Yeah. So it's really pretty cool. That is amazing thing. that it's going been going on that long. So what the place that she was talking about is where she works that has the garden and all is called the extension agency, right? It's Hillsborough County Extension Service. Yes. yes. And so you can get your soil tested there. You can go in and ask them about pests. You can ask them about uh, diseases on your plants. You can ask them lots of things. You can go look at the garden and get ideas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's all labeled. They have master gardeners who come over there. And then they also have all these uh, classes that you were uh, talking about, too, that we can talk about which ones those are. But I know that we have something else going on. Oh, yeah, and I need to reintroduce ourselves in case you guys want to call in. We'd love to hear from you. You're listening to the Sustainable Living Show coming to you from the studios of WMNF in Tampa. Today's guests are Lynn Barbara and Julia Polaschik, and uh, they're all about the environmental uh, specialists of water and Florida-friendly landscaping. So anything, they're both with the extension of the Hillsborough County. Well, and City of Tampa. And City of Tampa. I keep leaving that off. Uh, because she's it's with in the, the water people. That's it's in right. the notes, but yeah. Annie doesn't want to read it. Uh, you I don't mind telling you again. I'll say it over and over. You know, I love that about you, Julia. You'll just speak right up. I like that so much 
about people when they just speak right up. It's so, good. so we want to hear from you. Yeah. So you, you want to tell the uh, you want me to read it? Sure. Okay. So you want to be part of this conversation? Give us a call at eight one three two three nine nine six six three. Text us at eight one three four three three zero eight eight five. Or send us an email at dj at org, and we'll read it on the air. All right. So we have a couple of questions. One of them was, can you say the addresses of the plant sales? So for USF <laughs> Botanical Gardens, the address is 12210 USF Pine Drive, Tampa, Florida. If you look up USF Botanical Gardens, your map quest will take you there. Yes. For the Brooker Creek event, it is at 3940 Keystone Road, Turpin Springs, Florida. If you look up Burker Creek Preserve Wildlife Festival, you will find it. Yes. Now, Lynn, I don't know if you can answer this, but we're going to give it a go. <laughs> it's from David in Crystal Beach. This isn't a water question exactly, but can you give some guidance on pruning? I have a small Simpson stop, stopper Ooh, and some... great. And some... Yeah, pine hollies. Yopine. Yep, and I don't know when to prune them so they grow up nicely. Well, I'm not sure that I have that exact number or that exact information, but I can tell you this. The University of Florida and your extension office in your county has all that information. And you can go to UF and then put in a gardening calendar and call up Month, it'll show you month by month everything that you are supposed to do in your landscape. So there's one for North Florida, Central Florida, and South Florida. Or you can call your extension office. So what she's saying, to, and I'm hearing this, is that, you know, there's different times uh, in different parts of our state because we have different uh, zones. Mm-hmm. Different and environments. So, in, in different environments because of those zones. And so if we, you have to know what your zone is so you would be able to figure out mm-hmm. what you'll need to do at what time. Absolutely. But okay. I do have that Simpson stopper in my okay. yard, and I want to say that you want to avoid pruning it in the spring because the blooms in the spring are spectacular. And if you want to see the pollinators in your yard, let that shrub bloom. And then, of course, following blooms, you get fruit. Right. And the birds love the fruit on the Simpson stopper. It's just a marvelous native plant. So good for you. So maybe in February would be a good, or March, March would be a good time to trim it a little bit? Um, That would be um, a bad time, really, because they're setting blossoms. So if you wanted to do a prune, I would do it now oh. to shape it. And they, they can be pruned as a hedge, but I leave mine grow in their natural form, which is a multi-stem, open habitat, kind of a shrubby thing, but quite, they can be tall. But again, avoid pruning much later than, say, January. Oh, okay. And let those blooms form. And it's just marvelous to see the results. That's great news. And so is her landscape. Well, yeah. Thank you. She <laughs> has a, a fantastic landscape. And that is a water wise plant right there. Yeah. Right. And, and you do not have to do supplemental watering on something like a Simpson stopper or a Yopon holly. So that's important for people to understand. You can put water on it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't need it. Once so, it's established. So don't waste the water. Yeah, just, just when you first get plants, you water excessively and then you gradually back off mm-hmm. at, as they develop their roots. A lot of people put in a plant and they just water for a week and then they wonder why it died. So, so we're talking about water-wise things and the questions are kind of like, why is it important? And maybe we could get to that as in how much water does Tampa or Central Florida use 
outdoors? That is an excellent question, and I'm so glad to get that. Uh, the University of Florida, IFAS, also has a great program they call H2O Save. And they've gathered water utility data from across the state. And recently, after studying that data for years, what they learned was that a single irrigation event average for a residential uses over 900 gallons, 991 gallons for one irrigation wow. event. Now, what does, you know, and a lot of people don't think in terms of, well, how much is that? And is that too much? Or what is it? And so that is the equal of flushing your water wise toilet like 800 times in a day. Wow. How so, many bathtubs would that be? <laughs> Well, that math I haven't done. <laughs> that probably but a lot. quite a bit. A lot, yeah. You know, uh, so yes, we use more water than what we intend to. I think many times. And the other thing, when I've looked at our water data, is we're not good at watering seasonally. Mm. So we do that set it and forget it thing with our automatic irrigation systems, uh, and we forget that as the days get shorter and cooler we should also be irrigating much less. And the plants like it less. They don't want that much water either. There is an important correlation between plant health and that drying period. Very important. They need to go. We do have dormancy right. here in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you don't think of it, but the growing season comes to a close. And then in the spring, as the days get longer, then the growth starts and you can extend your watering periods. All right, so all the weather people are saying that for this year, our winter is going to be cold and wet. If somebody has a irrigation system and they don't want to check it every day, how can we be efficient? Shut shut it off. Just shut it off. Turn it on when you need it. Off is a setting Mm -hmm. on your (laughs) irrigation system. And the issue is that you do have... uh, Rain shutoff devices, but if you have the kind that has the cork in it, which a lot of people do, the cork will eventually dry out over time. So you do need to check that, and you would have to check that by getting up on a ladder and then pouring water on it while you have the system running to see if it would shut off. And if you can't personally do that, then you could hire someone that would do that for you. But that's that's one of the issues uh, with a rain shutoff device, but there are a whole lot of different options on rain shutoff devices that are more effective than the one that has the cork in it. Yeah, and that cork thing, you can just take the top off and just periodically change it. Absolutely. It looks, it looks like a lifesaver, sort of like a flat lifesaver, and you just put it right in. It's not a hard thing at all to do. And yes. the city of Tampa gives those to their customers for free. You gave me one. I sure did. And, you know, I, I didn't have one, and I just because I don't use my irrigation, except when I need it, I turn it, just what Lynn said, Mm -hmm. I turn it off, and then I turn it on manually and only water the areas that I need water on. I don't even water every section. So, Julia, how could they get one from you? Yes. Oh, they can simply go to tampa.gov forward slash water. And on that main page for the water department, look for water conservation. And we have a number of kits that we sell to our cell giveaway free. Yeah. So you can get a plumbing kit uh, that has the shower head and the aerator. You can get the rain sensor. And, uh, and if that, if you can't find it, well, you can always just send us an email, savewater 
at tampa.gov. That's a great time. So when you're talking about the 190 gallons, I think you were talking about outside. And then uh, Robert asked, is there an average of how many gallons of water people use each day at home? Because some people have an acre, some people have an eighth of an acre. So the- Julia's numbers are crazy small. <laughs> yeah, but what's about- the average? Well, again, for that one irrigation event for residential, they do say 991 gallons. Now for indoor... Our average home uses about 150 gallons per day that's per all? person. Oh. Per person. Now, but that's everybody can vary indoors. My personal number, yes. 36. It's amazing. 36 gallons a day. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's just me and my husband. You know, we split it down the middle. Maybe I use a little more because, well, I do more dishes than he does, right? <laughs> uh, and I mop the floor more often than that he does. That change, you know. <laughs> yeah. Especially announcing it live on the air. (laughs) But anyway, we can all know what our water number is because we send you a bill every month and it tells you there. But that is another thing to pay attention to. Uh, Your water use will impact the, the dollars that are showing on your bill. But keep in mind that for $1 you get more than 350 gallons of water. Oh. So if your bill goes up by $5, mm-hmm. that's, that's really a lot of water. Then that would be the time to go out and see if your irrigation pipes are broken. Or you know if what you I mean? Have like a periodically. Leaky flapper, there's two things okay. that drive up customer bills leaky toilet flappers and irrigation that has either been reset improperly or has a leak. Uh, so those two things are the first place you go when you see that bill ticking up $5. Now it's $10 higher. Now it's $20 higher. So, uh, yeah, we send you that information every month. And it's really easy. All you have to do is walk outside get or walk into your garage, turn your system on. You can test it and uh, you won't get a ticket, but you need to be outside while you're running it and checking it. But then hit zone one and walk out in your, in your yard and see, are the sprays directed appropriately? Are they watering the grass, the driveway, the sidewalk? Um, is there water pooling at the bottom of the spray as it's popping up? And just walk around. And then when you're done with that, take you maybe five minutes, go hit zone two and go through all your zones so that you know if you have an issue then you can fix it or you can get someone that will fix it for you, which is going to save you a whole lot of money One of the things I noticed a lot of times that people, that they just don't know what to look for, is if you see sand with a water pattern, you have an underground leak. So that's just a real good visual tip to see if you see sand in a water pattern. You're so right. Those leaks Mm -hmm. will leave hints in Mm -hmm. your landscape. If the mulch is moving in a pattern or you see that trail of sand or you see that puddle every Wednesday morning at the base of your drive, (laughs) uh, you know, these these things we need to start paying attention to seriously. All right. So uh, we got a couple of messages. And uh, before the show, we were talking, uh, Lynn, about positions. And before COVID, I used to love I used to hit all the libraries. The first Tuesday of the month, I would go to this one library. Then the first Wednesday of the month, I would go to a different library. Then the third Thursday of the month, I would go to a different library. And there would be these free master gardening presentations. And it was just me and older people. But <laughs> Your favorite. Yeah, if you're not the smartest 
If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So I was just like soaking up all this free education. And then the person who was at my closest library during COVID, she said like that position went away. So I think this might be specific to Hillsborough. We have one question that says, how many extension offices are in Florida? 67, oh. one per county. So one in, one per county, but that's not true for all the states. Some states have like... Correct. Some states don't have an extension office in every one of their counties. So we're really good so that we we're are, doing we're that. So we are very fortunate. And then, right. so my question is, will there ever be free library talks again? And yes. then somebody else... Very good question. Somebody Actually, else wants to know how they can volunteer and get involved. There are. Very there good. are. The library talks have started up again. Yeah. And there is one person that is a master gardener in our office that is coordinating those talks. And one of my people, Michael, has a talk that's coming up, uh, I think, within the next week or so. I'm not sure which library it is, but we can uh, get that information to you. And <laughs> you, you can, can start share up that. again. It, it, it is kind of is, seasonal. Yeah, the it talks. Did, yes, it did start up. So I'm very happy about that because it was always fun going to different libraries and meeting different people in different parts of uh, the county and doing different talks. And we would have a good, uh, pretty good turnout. So it's very good news that uh, we're beyond COVID <laughs> pretty much at this point and we can Kinda. start. Yes, and we can start doing a lot of this uh, outreach that we had been doing in the past. You still do a lot of the other uh, ones where you have you can you can sign up for the water barrels and different odds and ends like that. Yes, once, once a month. So <laughs> once a month, the first Saturday of every month from February through October, we have what we call a triple workshop, and that's composting, micro irrigation, and rainwater harvesting. So uh, that's a lot of fun. We have people that do it on Zoom still that would rather do it that way, and then they have to come into our office to pick up their items and complete a survey when they come in. And then the people that are there face-to-face uh, -face get their items before they leave, and they turn in a survey. So the survey is in exchange for the items that we provide. Okay, to follow up with Will's question, how, what website do you go to to learn how to volunteer, and is, do you have to be a master gardener to volunteer? Um, there, Tia Silvesi is uh, the Master Gardener Program Coordinator in our office. So she would be the person that, uh, the person that's interested in volunteering should contact. And her phone number is 813-744-5519, and her extension is 54145. Did it by heart, I see. Yeah, it's amazing. I can't remember a lot of things, but I can remember some things. <laughs> All right, we have an anonymous uh, caller who says they're curious about um, the handicap accessibility of the extension office. For example, oh. can they take like senior citizens to see like butterfly gardens or your waterwise landscaping? Yes. Um, the good news is that all of the entries at our extension office, except one, which is by the director's office, have. Uh, walkways that do not have steps, but one that's by on the far right side in the back, it is not accessible. So unfortunately, uh, that's the current situation and hopefully it will change. But when we do presentations in the conference center, it's a separate standalone building and it's 
right off the parking lot, so there are no steps. And coming in the front entrance, there is a walkway that goes uphill in addition to two sets of steps if people would prefer doing that. Uh, so they can or cannot go into the garden? No, no, they can you go can, into the garden. Then, okay. But only when our office is open because it's in the courtyard. So think of a big square, and in the middle of the square is where the Discovery Garden is located. So Monday through Friday from like 8 to 5, we're open and people can meander around in there. And we do have like a plant list so they can look at that. And we do guided tours if we have 10 people or more in a group. And a lot of times we have big uh, garden clubs that come in. We had like 80-some people, uh, 60 to 80-some people, and we had to split the groups out so that we had several of us uh, just manning that group to walk around Mm -hmm. for all the different garden areas. But it was wonderful, and they appreciated it. And, Lynn, I think if you sign up for one of those Saturday workshops, you have access to the garden. Yes. And uh, the city of Tampa has been happy to sponsor those triple workshops for more than a decade. And it's an excellent way to get started. If you're interested in gardening and you're just not really sure what step to take next, get that triple workshop, get your freebies, and and start looking at those Florida-friendly uh, landscapes, That the one at uh, Extension perfect example i did it 20 years ago mm-hmm. so we have it's great we have a email from bob johnson and he sent us an article f- that was from the bradington times this is an opinion piece and this thursday the manatee county commission land use meeting is going to happen and they're going to cast a final vote on plans to gut the county's wetland protection policies so if you live in that county bob is encouraging people to they want to gut it yeah to vote so oh, we're talking about water wise and sustainability can be measured in like people, profit, and planet. We talked about looking at your water, making sure you're not wasting it. It's good for the environment, but it's also good for your pocket. But where does like Hillsborough County or Central Florida, where do we get our drinking water? You know, how is water? Oh, gee, you're right on it, Kevin. <laughs> and, and, Thank you for that segue. Yeah. So I just want to point out that the Green Swamp in Polk County is where the Hillsborough River starts and flows right into Tampa. It's our primary water source. And uh, right now what's happening is, you know, there's, there's two ways that we're limited in what we can remove from the river for drinking water to serve our population here in the city of Tampa. The first is when we have drought or our typical dry season in the winter, and that reservoir does go down. That's just a seasonal thing. This year, what's different is that instead of the drought forcing us to purchase water from Tampa Bay Water, it's that we've hit our permit limit. We're using about 4 million gallons more a day than we have in the past years, and uh, we just have to be responsible stewards. We cannot continue to remove water from the river. So we're happy that we have Tampa Bay Water as our regional water supplier, but this idea of uh, thinking that swamps are just a place that are puddles of water that can be filled in is very short-sighted. Here, Green Swamp, perfect example. These are where water is stored throughout the rainy season and slowly feeds us our water resource through the fall and winter and into spring. And then the rains start again and fills it right back up. It's a marvelous ecosystem 
and we cannot let it go. And it's filtering everything too. You know, you had mentioned to me something about earlier about that we're having to pay for the water because we don't have enough water. Isn't it? You want to elaborate on that a little bit? Well, sure. And so we, this is the second time this year that we've purchased from Tampa Bay water. So the first time was in the spring drought. March was so cruel, wasn't it? It Less was horrible. Than a, like a quarter of an inch of rain at my house. It was a very dicey time. Uh, so right now when you, when our city of Tampa customers look at their utility bill, there's always a line there that says TBW pass through. That's Tampa Bay water. And most of the time that charge is zero. But right now, after we paid for all of that water in the springtime, we divvied it up amongst our customers and now you'll see that charge. So when we're buying, as we're buying, we're not charging you. But once that bill comes in, we have to share it. So that's another reason for us to be more water, you know, like use less water in the house. Don't turn the water on when you're brushing your teeth and flush only when you have to and that sort of thing. Well, so you're so right. And and those are the little steps that uh, everyone can take being aware of leaks. I want to point out, too, that we've got two webinars coming up. October 19th at 11 a.m. is Welcome Home. Uh, managing water use at home. We have a lot of new homeowners in Tampa who might not understand their bill, might not understand how to save water, and we'll, and we'll teach you all of that. Then November 14th at 11 a.m., looking for indoor leaks. Mm. So these are two important ways that you can join us, and we'll walk you through all the ins and outs. And in the meantime... Yeah, check the irrigation system. Remember, no irrigation on Sundays, please. We can bring that water use down. I think I'm just so confident that as a community, we can save that 4 million gallons a day just by tightening the belt a little bit and being aware, and we'll all be fine. But yeah. we have to share that resource more responsibly now. People just don't think about it. It's good to bring that up. So I think water rises a lot about landscaping. And Lynn, we have an email from Leah in Bartow. She says, I'm having issues with container gardening. Whenever I repot into a larger pot, my plants die. Do potted plants outdoors need watering every day? How about a staghorn fern? Mine have suddenly wilted. Does drier air mean the plants need more frequent watering? Well, let's talk about the staghorn fern first. So we have this huge elm tree in the Discovery Garden at our office. And we had a significant amount of pruning done on it because it's kind of like mm, not that far from... Uh, being... It's end-of-life stage. Yes, yes, it's sad. But I was thinking uh, maybe we would get somebody that could actually do uh, that chainsaw art that we oh, saw, yeah. Julia. Uh, oh, yeah, and turn the trunk into Yes, turn the trunk into like Jeff uh, does that. Jeff gator. Could gator do it. He does tiki's, though. Okay, yeah, well, I'll need that information okay. when we're done. So the staghorn used to get a lot of shade from the leaves and... The leaves are really not that prevalent anymore, so the stag is suffering. So we are going to move it to a shadier area, but it is huge. I don't know how many people it's going to take to move that, but we do need to do that. So it does need to have some shade. It can't be in 100% full sun all the time. And you can water it with a hose. And if it's and small you can, enough, yes. you can soak it overnight. Yes. Yeah. I've even had one that was so big once that fell out of a tree because uh, I do plant them in trees or on a tree. 
uh, that I just cut it up into pieces, and then I had all these additional staghorns that I could put somewhere else. So that can also be another option. What was the other question? The other question was... Oh, pots. Yeah, container gardens. Watering container gardens. The deal with container gardens is this. Um, Check with your extension office and see if they offer a container gardening micro-irrigation class. We have that and we offer that. And I don't know that all extension offices do because they have different programs but similar programs. But for that... You can hook that up again to a hose bib, and the tubes are very small, and you can irrigate more than one plant at the same time. Other other than that, take a look at the plant, and when you first plant it, you want to make sure that you don't bury it too deep because usually people want to bury it too deep when, in fact, the top of the root should be above the level of the soil. And then make sure that you have... um, a water source that's nearby to make it easier for you so that you don't have to carry a bucket of water or maybe a watering can, things like that. That's how, that's how I get my exercise. They're called farmer's carries. I have my <laughs> five-gallon buckets on each side, which is about 40 pounds each, and I have to walk about 100 feet oh, wow. from my rain barrels to the greenhouse. Gardening <laughs> is excellent exercise. It is. Burn calories and build muscle. You know, one of the things, too, that I found that with a lot of people are replanting stuff, they had to get air pockets in the soil and because they, they don't realize that those roots didn't get enough soil below. Mm-hmm. And so you need to push your hose in there, and if it sucks in, then you have an air pocket. So then you push more soil in. And right. that is, I see, about nine out of ten times is what how people fail mm-hmm. is to have and, air pockets. And a lot of times we overwater plants and kill them more so than underwatering plants and killing them. Love them to death. But you're going to know if you have an issue and that plant needs water because it's going to give you those visual signs where the leaves are going to droop or it's going to start to bend over, things like that. Or the flowers were great and now they're like hanging down. And if it's, uh, if it's also something that you just transplanted, sometimes it's better to keep it in the shade for a day or two or, or dap a light to let it adjust before you move it back in. Great. So I just want to talk about our newest uh, free kit to our customers is an outdoor kit. And in there will be a moisture meter, a handheld oh, moisture meter. Oh, those are so, so handy. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of times that mystery is like, is there... Are the roots getting moisture? I don't know. I'll just water it again. Well, instead, you just put that moisture meter in there and tell you it's wet, it's dry. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have one, you can stick your finger in there up to the, the mm-hmm. end of your big knuckle. Mm-hmm. And if it's damp down there, it's not time to water. There you go. So because we just have a couple minutes left, let's uh, just kind of keep finishing up with this. Uh, Leah's question about the container gardening because I have a nursery and a lot of times people say, like, how much water and... I don't think people consider the wind, if it's rained or not, Mm -hmm. if you're moving it. You know, if I have it in the top shelf of a greenhouse and then you put it outside in full sun, it's going to be drying up more quickly. So using your finger to see how wet the soil is, just looking at the plant, see if it's wilty. And then I the free the t- type of container too. Clay containers tend to dry more quickly. Right. Do yes. you have a reservoir in the bottom of the container that holds a little moisture? Um, the also, potting soil. The potting, mm-hmm. yes, the type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also the condition of the plant when you transplant it. If it's very, very root bound, it can't send little roots into the surrounding soil as quickly. So you want to don't wait too long. 
before yeah. you transplant those things. Yeah, and if you do it like that, then you need to take a saw and cut around the edges. Uh, that's what I do when they're hard wood. Just cut it. Yes, it'll make some more roots come mm-hmm. out a little bit easier. Quit circling then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so we got about three minutes left. Is there any, let's go back to the, you know, specifically water. Is there any uh, takeaway messages for reducing our water? I know we talked about several things, but I think maybe awareness is probably the best thing. Tell your neighbors, stop wasting their water. Well, and you can you can just get in touch with your local water utility. Here at the city of Tampa, again, we have that email address, savewater at tampa.gov. And our water conservation team will get that email if you want us to help you look at your bill, help you understand are you irrigating appropriately. We have a great desktop analysis that we do for our customers. We'll look at your area, how big is your lot, about how much are you landscaping. We'll look at your water use. Is it in line with the area that you're irrigating? We can give you so much information just by sharing some email information with you. That's amazing. It really is a great tool. And, and our, our team's ready to work one-on-one with our customers, come to our webinars. Let's see how we can save water, Tampa. And another thing about the WaterWise Award, uh, there are videos right now, so y'all can be sure and look at all those videos even before the winner is announced. We have such great candidates this year. I can't wait to see it. Mm-hmm. And I love teaching kids because kids yeah. have great questions about water, too, and I always bring up... Uh, how many of you take a shower? How many of you take a bath? If you take a shower, <laughs> how many minutes are you in the shower? And, you know, they'll give you crazy yeah, I'll never answers, bathe, like right? 30 yeah. minutes. Or, and then a, how far up do you fill the water in the bathtub? All the way up to the top. I said, well, then how are you going to get in without the water going over the sides? And then we talk about how much water you actually need and how many minutes you really need to be in the shower. Get in, get wet. Soap up, rinse off, get out. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't be. you shouldn't be in there. <laughs> Like you know, minutes. when you live in, I've lived off grid before, and when you live off grid, you uh, have to keep your water. So we turn the water off when we're soaping up, and then just uh, turn it back on when we're rinsing. A simple, effective strategy. Yeah. All right, we got one last comment. It's from Tina in Brooksville, and she says, according to the UFIFS website, you should plant your steakhorn ferns, specifically in the south of Florida, with caution because we have to manage its growth to prevent their escape because they could become invasive in oh, South Florida. Oh, it's on Florida. the edge of evasive, invasiveness. I've yes. heard about that. Thank recently. you, Tina. Yeah. Because... Mine uh, dropped uh, spores and, and grew up in another area, which turned out to be gorgeous, but... <laughs> which, which could lead to its invasiveness exactly. in South Florida. <laughs> All right, so uh, we want to thank you both for being here. Yes, it was wonderful. Thank really you. appreciate thank it. Thank you. It was fun. Yeah, we, if you enjoyed uh, to the show today and our weekly content, go to WMNF.org, donating through the tip jar, and direct it to Sustainable Living uh, Show. I wanted to also say next week is our, uh, is our fundraiser so please be sure to tune in and uh, help us support the station at, by supporting our show. And we have lots of experiences, gifts with Bach Tower, Flora Aquarium, and uh, Sunken Garden uh, thank you gifts. So please call in, and if you, uh, we'd love to hear from you then. You can also pledge now if you want. We'll take it. And follow our Facebook page, The Sustainable Living WMNF, to stay in the loop and also listen to our past show. Just go to Listen to On Demand at WMNF.org. I'm Annie Ellis. And I'm Kenny Coogan. Remember, if you're looking for someone to save the world, look in the mirror. And this is WMNF Tampa.